0: No walls. I don't want to live in a house with walls anymore. That's the discussion we had just before we went live. Yeah. Yeah. You, you like, like that? Because I hate the nail pops. And I just decided no walls. It's very Seinfeldian, but we're not I'm not gonna you live in a
1: You won't have to worry about nail pops exactly. without walls. And that's
0: my point is to say that I don't want to live in a house with walls. No more walls. I mean, yes, the house will be built by Cramerica Industries. Well,
1: it has to have a ceiling, right? I
0: I mean I I'm possibly, but, but oh, the ceiling could also have the nail pops. Right.
1: So what are we what what's gonna happen here?
0: I'm gonna go with a tent with air conditioning. Oh. An air conditioned tent.
1: Okay. And then what about in the winter?
0: An air conditioned tent.
1: <laughs> okay. So anyway, the,
0: welcome. To how you play the game, the official podcast of the Yosef Foundation Incorporated. Yours truly, Jack Furlong. Season two. Season two. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot. Season um, two. This folks. is technically season two. Can you believe it? Yep. Uh, welcome as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. I think I said that already. And I'm Jack Furlong, and the producer engineer is Sean Ryan. Hey, Sean. Hey, Jack. So this is the first episode of November, the year 2018. This is, I believe, our 25th episode, which means that this is technically season two. So sorry, America. We're still here. <laughs> um, thanks for not canceling us, even though that was our decision in the first place. But uh, it's time to uh, now raise the bar and uh, get uh, season two to be even better than season one. Which
1: that's, that's going to be a tough act to follow, yeah, but I think, that, we, I think yeah, we could do it.
0: shouldn't be that difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a couple of things to get to, you know, we went with a very, very large subject last time that went very long and whatnot. And there's been no updates. Nobody wants to come on the show. Nobody wants to donate the $500,000 to us, blah, 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 blah. But we move on. Instead, we've got some more stuff to talk about. Um, Before we get to our main topic today, something came across my desk the other day that I wanted to uh, talk about, because it's a local story. Oh, yeah? Um, Okay. This happened in in Lawrence, which is basically right in our backyard here. Okay. Okay? Hmm. This is a story from uh, the Times, affiliated with NJ.com, the Times of Trenton, and the author is Kevin Shea, and the headline reads, Youth Football Game Ends with Coaches... Parents brawling and a call to police. Wow. Yeah. So apparently uh, there was a hard hit in a youth football game that occurred uh, a couple of weekends ago. It might even been last weekend, but then again, when you're listening to this, it'll be a different weekend. Um,
1: That's the thing about time.
0: Yeah, it, it passes. It's, yeah.
1: Kind of, kind of difficult.
0: We should probably. We, we should probably. We need
1: the ocarina.
0: I was going to say we need the Delorean, but.
1: Can we have an ocarina and a DeLorean?
0: (sighs) Yeah. Have I I just blown your mind? It's not that you've blown my mind; it's that I think you blew the budget. I have an ocarina right over there. So do I. Okay. I
1: have one at at my job.
0: Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. What I don't have over there is a DeLorean because they're expensive.
1: Well, we need the Temple of Time too. Oh
0: my God! So we can take the DeLorean to one without
1: walls, right? With no walls. (laughs) So there. No
0: walls. I refu- well, I guess as adult link you could make the argument that the walls are probably gone at that point. Yeah. You know. That's true. Um
1: But the, I think but I think the Temple of Time was brick and mortar anyway, Yeah, not it? Yeah, or it was Smith? the
0: rest of the village that was destroyed. Man, not
1: yeah. a nail not a nail poppings yeah. in that Kakariko village.
0: I, I blame the re-deads.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the worst part is they're non-union, so they can do whatever they want. See, this is,
0: this is where America just fails us, okay? We have re without unions. They're not fixing those nails. Exactly. And 98% of the people listening to this have no idea what we're talking about. So shame on them, as far as I'm concerned, okay?
1: Welcome to season two, yeah. where... Let's see.
0: Where the Legend of Zelda references are plenty. Uh-huh. And the DeLorean with a automatic transmission only has 3 And gears. whether
1: you understand or not, just like the points in Whose Line anyway, do not matter. matter.
0: <laughs> Don't matter. Hey, this whole thing Free real estate. There we go. So, anyway, uh Brawling Lawrence. Okay. Yeah. Apparently there was a hard hit in a football game, a youth football game. And uh, this was,
1: this was in the wreck.
0: This is in wreck. Yeah. Wreck okay. football. Okay. Uh, Lawrence was playing Florence. Oh. Yeah, I know, right?
1: Lawrence versus Florence.
0: And, um, fun. A- exactly. Apparently from what they, what the officers, uh, gathered at the scene, a hard hit delivered by a player drew a response from an opposing player. Uh, the coaches tried to break it up, but then a coach, opposing coaches then joined into the fray and then the parents got involved. um, No arrests were made at the scene, but they're trying to investigate that. Um, Although Lawrence police have have the incident labeled as a simple assault, New Jersey state law elevates simple assault at a youth sports event to a fourth-degree indictable crime. So, if I were you, I wouldn't be doing this anymore because you'd be going to jail, buddy. I mean... Wow! Yeah, I don't know where to begin with this, but I guess the first question is, what's going on in youth football? Where this where it is, gets to this point? Right. I mean, is this? Do we have to just jump the shark right away and say, "Listen, we got to stop with football," or can yeah, people- like
1: if if we can't we can't. This is why the argument then is this is why we can't have nice things.
0: Exactly because if we can't control ourselves at the youth football level, then we can, we just can't do this. Um,
1: Youth football? Can you believe it? Let that sink yeah. in, folks.
0: Well, you know what it is. I was thinking about this recently. Um, you know, we see so many professionals on television act a certain way, whether it be in the field of play or on the sidelines or in the stands. You know, when we watch it, when we watch an NFL game or we watch any professional sports game, that. Subconsciously and psychologically, it becomes second nature to us as being "quote unquote" okay. You know, um, when when we see uh, coaches argue in a baseball game and get ejected, we cheer them, especially if they're our coach, for "quote unquote" sticking up for their team, and then we believe that that becomes an okay and acceptable behavior at the youth level when it's quite the opposite. You know, you as a coach at the youth level are responsible for coaching the kids, not standing up for them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so
1: it's kind of well, you can stand up for them in different ways, right? Like winning, right? And you know, being supportive, mm-hmm. not berating an official,
0: right? Well, standing up, standing up for people takes on different meanings depending upon the context, as, right. as I think you've just described here, and unfortunately, people have a very shallow understanding of what it means to stand up for somebody. You know, we, we, we live in this world where standing up for yourself or standing up for others means facing a, a bully or, you know, mm-hmm. fighting back or not getting, you know, tar- torn down or, you know, stuff like that. And if the rest of society is going to progress as it has, where we accept things that 10, 20, 30 years ago, we didn't necessarily accept or we didn't necessarily believe or we didn't quite understand. This has to come with it. You know, we as a society have come a long way in, in understanding things like, across the gamut, homosexuality is accepted. Um, hazing is detrimental. It shouldn't happen. Um, you know, uh, the, these these are all examples of things of how we have evolved in in the in the recent few uh, recent past
1: and you know the thing about hazing as and I don't want to go too far off topic but I feel this is part of the overarching thing is that you know hazing is really built on the idea of revenge right? Because
0: I had this done to me, me I'm gonna So it now out I'm going to
1: take it yeah. out on the next person, right. and it's this, this, this continuing line.
0: And it's supposed to bring everybody together. When in reality, now it's causing more and more people to lose their lives. Right. You know, or
1: develop very severe psychological correct problems. Yep. Um, and it, it, it's torture. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's really. That's yeah. really what it is. Yep. There's no two ways about it. Um. But anyway.
0: But regardless, I mean that's just—it's a shame that this has happened. Um, it's a discussion that we need to continue to have on the micro and macro levels, and Maybe we
1: can reach out to that's, some of the people was, involved. That's
0: kind of what my next theory was going to be: mm-hmm. was to say we gotta we're going to reach out and say, listen, let's talk this out. You know, let's let's be there for them. Let's offer services. Let's let's see what we can do. You know, that's what we're here for. Right. Not, you know, we're not here just to call people out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, that would that would be ridiculous. We're here to then off- also offer to fix the problem. Now, granted, it's certainly possible that our hands could be tied a little bit as the, as a legal investigation right. is still going right, on. Right, right. You know.
1: Well, I think once the dust settles, Yeah. You know, it might be might be something to look
0: look into. Even maybe just putting <clears throat> up those signs, you know, the sportsmanship signs at the yep. fields. So, Maybe that's what we'll do. Say, hey, you guys got a a cool couple hundred dollars to drop? Let's do this, Leroy. Sounds good. I made a Leroy Jenkins reference. What else can we do in the world of nerddom here?
1: You haven't mentioned a Home Alone 2 reference I was
0: actually just watching the first Home Alone the other night. Oh. Yeah. That was uh, weird. Wow. Definitely weird. Did you know, speaking of Home Alone, Mm. you ever... Take a step back and, and ask yourself why they didn't realize that Kevin McAllister was missing at the gate when they had all the tickets together. And they were like, wait a second, we have all these tickets, but we're missing one person in the count. The,
1: what was it, like 11 people? Something like that. And then they, it was 10?
0: Right. The reason being, if you, I don't know if you caught this, but in the scene prior, the previous night... When they're having pizza, and Kevin causes the mess with Buzz, mm-hmm. um, as they're cleaning up, you can see Kevin's ticket get thrown out with the the stuff yes. that they're using to clean yes. up. And
1: I didn't notice that until relatively
0: recently. Yeah, and so that's why they said they found you know that there was no discrepancy.
1: Interesting
0: over that stuff. Hmm. Well, just, that
1: fixed itself. <laughs> I know, right?
0: And I just blow your mind? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Huh.
1: Interesting. Yeah.
0: So anyway, there's your Home Alone reference. Okay. Um, any other references we want to make before we get on to the big topic of the day?
1: Um, I've been watching Seinfeld again. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I've just yeah. been... I have all the DVDs. I've been watching them from the very beginning. Uh,
0: hey. Classic. Oh yeah, absolutely. Classic. I,
1: I every every few years I'll do that just yeah. to refresh.
0: The theater of the absurd strikes yeah. again. Yeah, it's not to not to pick on people, but I always wonder why some people can't get into it, mm-hmm. and I think it's just a inability to appreciate the theater of the absurd. Yeah, you know, people. Some people want situational comedy that. Um, you know, the humor is built off of the scene, mm-hmm. you know, specifically like the conflict that is created rather than the randomness that might cause such an issue to, to arise, right. you know. Um,
1: That's like Tim and Eric.
0: Exactly. I, I,
1: I love those guys. Or
0: Aqua Teen Hunger Force, yeah. you know, Just as I'm wearing my Space Ghost shirt. Nice. You know, but this is a show based upon three food Items living Mm -hmm. in the South Jersey shore next to their neighbor Carl. Mm -hmm. You know? How random is that? Right. You know? Yeah. So you have to have an appreciation for ridiculousness that makes no sense. Mm -hmm. You know, and then and then the rest kind of falls into place. Well, I think we went on a large enough tangent. Yeah. Okay. So back to the (laughs) major point today. Okay. So being the first episode of November, I thought it would be apropos if we talked a little bit about something that I talked about on our radio show a couple of years ago uh, and that is sportsmanship in politics now before we get into this we got to set some ground rules because this is a you know they they always say the two things you never talk about are religion and politics Mm -hmm. and obviously we're not talking about religion so in the case of talking about politics we have to understand that we're going into this with a with a clear mind. Um, we're, we're, we're not casting judgment, okay? We're trying to look at this as uh, unbiased as possible. Now, it's it's impossible, I think, for each of us to be 100% unbiased. I think there's mm-hmm. always going to be a little bit of bias. And I think that...
1: Well, that's uh, with everyone.
0: Exactly. And, and that, I think, is the first thing that people have to accept when understanding sportsmanship in politics is that your opinion is swayed a certain way based on your psychology and your experience, mm-hmm. okay? So to immediately think that someone else is wrong because they don't agree with you kind of comes under the heading of of this big psychological mess that that has been created because of a lack of sportsmanship in politics. I'll give you an example. Following the 2016 presidential election, I was out at the bar, and I ran into a couple of friends of mine who uh, are, are theater people, and we are having some drinks, and one of the guys, the guy who I didn't know as well, started going on this, like... Tirade, almost like an like an aria, like like he was getting up on his so, soapbox and trying to um, just scream at the world. How could this happen? How could Donald Trump be elected president? And I tried saying to him, "Well, let's let's talk about this. If you want to, if you really want to talk about this, let's talk about this objectively. Okay, let's take all of our bias out of it and let's examine what happened." You know, and I tried to tell him things like, "Well, you know, a lot of the analysts are saying that because of the strategies that Hillary used in places where she didn't campaign, mm-hmm. that kind of led to um, a big swing that people didn't see coming." Um, you know, and and I start like I started down that path, and I really was trying to explain to this guy that. It's not right or wrong or anything like that. Just this is these are the facts, you know, or mm-hmm. or or an an analysis of what we believe to be the facts, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, not trying to say one way or the other what was right and what was wrong, um, but he was having none of it. He was just he was just so disenfranchised,
1: and what, how soon after the election was this? This is
0: probably about a week or so. You
1: know, it's still probably hot from it.
0: Yeah. And hey. I, and, and I, you know, but, and I really just wanted to, and like, I was trying to have as much empathy as possible but at the same time. I was like, listen, you know, I'm sorry you're feeling this way, but if you, you know, if you want to have a normal discussion, I'll have that with you. What I'm not going to have is a sob sto- story discussion where we're just going to drink our sorrows away and have fear for the, for the world because you're upset about how the election went. Mm -hmm. Um, that doesn't do us any good, you know? And so, so those are the types of things where objectively I'm trying to get people to understand that you can have an investment in this stuff, uh, and be disappointed, But you have to look at this stuff the right way if you're ever going to grow from it. If you're ever going to purposely understand what happened and why.
1: Well, I think another thing we have to do, and that's a very good point, Mm -hmm. is when we say sportsmanship in politics, um, understand that even though many perceive politics to be a game. Right. Um, Which, in a lot of sick and twisted ways, it It can can be, unfortunately. But the um, the ultimate, I guess, idea is that, I think, what was it, Thomas Jefferson said it, you elect the government you deserve. Right. And, you know, regardless of how things turn out, we're the ones that decide, as as the citizens of this country, how we're going to move together. Mm-hmm. So we're a team, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it, as you know, it, it's it's not so much in it that it's a sport; it's more the fact that we're a team and we have to work together. And
0: we have to work cooperatively, right? We have to reach across the aisle, if you will. So,
1: it's, um, it's, it's, it's a process, yeah. And you know, the idea, you know, of how government works and how, uh, if I'm remembering from my civics. From my high school civics. Remember those days? um, Experiences. The idea of Congress and of our legal system and our our law enforcement system is the the teeth of those systems are fine and they grind slowly. Mm -hmm. And things aren't going to happen overnight. Right. Our duty as citizens is to affect how they move um, through the act of voting. And you have the right to choose how to vote however you want. You have the right to choose whether you want to vote or not.
0: Which I think is an important thing, not to interrupt. I think that you Mm. have to you know pe- people make such a big deal out of the go out and vote stuff and whatnot mm-hmm. that there is a uh, an unsportsmanlike bias towards people who consciously choose not to vote because of something like there's no candidate that they feel works best for their vote or, if, unfortunately, they, they are of the opinion that their vote for a candidate that does not have support uh, means nothing, mm-hmm. you know, again, not, not to cast these as right or wrong, but the, the there is, there's something to be said for the informed voter who says, I don't believe that I see a candidate here that I can support. Therefore, I consciously choose to abstain. I have respect for that person more so than I do the person who ignorantly abstains, who says, mm-hmm. uh, it's not my thing. I'm I'm just not My getting vote it.
1: doesn't count. Exactly. Exactly. I mean when you have 40 million people saying my vote doesn't count, well, guess what? It counts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's uh
0: there's a, there's an element to your conscience that I right. feel gets satisfied when you when you consciously decide to say, listen, I just believe that in this particular circumstance, my vote here cannot be cast. You know, um, some because for some people that that means something to them, and who am I to say to that person, well, you just threw your vote away. You know, I'll give you an example um, during the 2016 election. I know I keep going back to that, but that's kind of the pinnacle of where sportsmanship in politics. I really, you know, had took a head. Um, I remember watching people on both sides of the aisle really berate people for their decision to vote for independent candidates. On the right, you had people like Chris Christie, and on the left, you had people like Rachel Maddow, who both basically said. You are throwing your vote away if you're voting for an independent candidate, if you're not voting for one of the two major candidates. And I took exception to that on both sides. I said that that to me is one of the most ignorant and uneducated ways to express concern over such an issue. Now, you could get a, a kind of a similar point across by saying, unfortunately, we live in a system right now where those candidates don't get the the respect that they deserve that doesn't necessarily mean that they're good candidates that doesn't necessarily mean that they deserve to win or you know which is w-
1: another aspect of sportsmanship
0: exactly exactly <laughs> but but to to basically say that your vote is getting thrown away because you consciously decide to cast it for someone who realistically does not have as good of a chance of winning that to me is poor sportsmanship that to me is saying you just don't really understand how this process works and and i have a problem with that you know and and i and i want to reemphasize the point that that's not something that comes from one side or the other that comes from both sides of the the political aisle
1: mm-hmm.
0: okay in the in the in the quote unquote two party system that we have right so there are there are no heroes here
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know i think that's another important point that we have to make is that there are you know there's no perfect side there's no perfect candidate there's no perfect decision nothing is really clean cut anymore and unfortunately in the political landscape we paint a picture where the candidate that we support can do no wrong. And yet we we talk our way around the things that 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 do plague these candidates because we, we, we are trying to show one hundred percent support rather than objectively looking at a candidate and saying, Can we elect this person with the good and the bad? And and we don't do that. We look for every opportunity to sling mud,
1: and it, you know, <clears throat> we also live in an age of absolutes. Yeah, you know, um, you, if you where the mentality is, if you're not supporting my guy, then you must be for the other side, right? And this is why people have the freedom to choose whoever they want right. to to vote for. It's it's not necessarily one side or another. Um, and it's, it's, uh, there's a sense of bullying there yes, and intimidation, mm-hmm. which is, I feel happening more and more frequently, yes. especially at the polls, mm-hmm. you know, this voter intimidation. Um, I've been given advice by, you know, I've, or I've read where people would go to the polls and they would say, don't wear anything. That would suggest support for any one candidate. Right. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, like we live in a free country.
0: You're allowed to do that.
1: Right. Yeah. So the people are saying, no, no, don't do that because you're gonna be you're gonna be bullied. And where even where people have lied by wearing support for the opposite candidate just so that they wouldn't be bullied. Right. That in itself is almost a form of hazing. Right. You know, where where you're you better vote for my guy or I'll, and I'll leave you alone. That sort right. of thing. You
0: know what that's like? And and again, I, I need to preface this by saying I'm trying to look at this objectively. But analytically, there are parts of this country where if you identify yourself with one party over the other, you might as well have just called yourself a member of the KKK or a Nazi. You know? you you, you I remember you know i remember a story my you know i forget where i heard it from saying you know someone said to me you know if you if you identify yourself as a republican you might as well have just you know told people that you worship satan and i was like that's that's absolutely ridiculous because it doesn't matter you know who the candidate is you 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 basically set yourself up for a certain level of failure based upon the way that that we currently live mm-hmm. i mean the, the, the hatred has gotten to a point where, you know, one candidate or one, one party could nominate Jesus Christ and the other one could nominate Gandhi and they'll still just throw mud at each other, right? you know? Gandhi that thinks would... he's so good because he's on these hunger strikes. But our our candidate rose from the dead. Who makes up this stuff about rising from the dead? They can't have these, these bodily resuscitation. This is all boulder dash. Can you imagine Super PACs creating ads like that?
1: <laughs> yes, I can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um But... I think more to your point. More to your point, I think that you're you have to look at the job the person is doing, right, um, or that has done in and yes, you take into account their shortcomings. Um, everyone's got shortcomings, right?
0: Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. There you go. The the seminarian in me comes out.
1: Mm-hmm. But the the point is that everyone's human, and you've got to look at you've got to. It's just like you're applying for a job, right? the 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 person interviewing person interviewing you for the job, essentially, we're the ones who are doing the interviewing, right? Right, and the candidates whom we're voting for are the job applicants, right? And um, we have to look at their performance. We have to look at what they're going to do for us. Right. After we decide what we're going to do collectively. So, you know, I think people kind of forget that.
0: Yeah. Especially in a world where politicians, regardless of affiliation, have a reputation of saying one thing and doing another to get to get the job, you know,
1: right.
0: or being influenced by things like money.
1: And I think that's, oh, well, yeah, that's, a you big, that's know, that's another and, whole And of both wax. of
0: those both of those things are not unique to one party. OK, that happens mm-hmm. on both sides of the aisle. So when we look at the shortcomings of candidates. We, we have to look at both sides. We can't just look at the guy we hate or the girl we hate. okay We have to we have to say mm. how, you know how, how do we reconcile the, the, the shortcomings or the even the perception? because let's face it too. A lot of these candidates come with a certain perception that could be the farthest thing from the truth, but because they wear a certain moniker, uh.
1: we, we label them a certain way. Which brings me, which brings, brings me to the whole concept of the debate. Mm-hmm. I mean, we need to kind of <laughs> take a step back and realize the purpose of a what a debate is. Right. Not even a political debate, just a debate on presenting facts and supporting those facts with evidence to your side right it's not about who's right or who's wrong
0: and it's not it's a display uh, of
1: facts and it's a display it's a discussion right it's a discussion and this is what we're forgetting debates are no longer discussions right they're just what bad things can i say about this exactly
0: how do i make myself look better by dragging the other person down i mean we talked about it in an earlier episode uh about how you know the debate team at various schools Is something that's really destroying America Mm -hmm. because what it's teaching kids is that the job here in the competition is to win the debate regardless of what side you're on. It doesn't matter how you feel about it. If you're given a topic and a side, you got to win that side. Right? Okay. You
1: have to research it. You can know it.
0: You can be given the topic of you know being being you know for the Nazis. Mm-hmm. You you got to you know you got to do that to right. win the debate right. you know how many of these kids now are coming out and saying I don't care what side it is as long as I'm on the winning side I mean mm-hmm. this that's that's where a lot of this stuff gets cultivated you know um, and and to go along with what you just talked about with the debate to to, to kind of step outside of that for a second look at the attack ads you know yeah the attack ads are getting so ridiculous that. <clears throat> Again, we're, we're, we're forgetting how, this, you know, how how this system is supposed to work. Right. I've always said that I will vote for the first candidate, regardless of their political affiliation and their stance, that runs a campaign that has no attack ads and does not say one mean thing about any of their opponents. And, and spends the entire campaign positively promoting themselves rather than doing so inversely by destroying the opponents and making themselves look better. And I have yet to meet that candidate. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you where I came close was Barack Obama in 2008. And this is coming from someone who doesn't have that background. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't mean to uh, burst any bubbles here. Okay, but I'm a, I consider myself something of a political moderate who, on certain issues, leans to the right, and on certain issues, leans to the left. I don't I don't necessarily. I guess you would say fiscally, I lean to the right, and socially, I lean to the left. Which is ironic because I believe that socially leaning to the left is really so- uh, socially leaning to the right from a hundred years ago, you when know, when
1: the party switched,
0: exactly. When, when, you know, being, being what we now call being socially liberal is not so much about being 100% tolerant, mm-hmm. but just saying you have the right to do whatever you want to do. So long as it's not affecting others negatively, you know, what you do behind closed doors is your business. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, doesn't matter, you know, who cares who you marry as long as it's another person who can consent to it
1: mm-hmm. legally,
0: you know? Right. So so <clears throat> you know, aligning myself with with someone like an Obama was never something that I I saw myself doing, but I had to give him give him the most amount of credit in that particular election in 2008 because he did the closest job possible to what I just described. Mm-hmm. you know and I and I had really uh, had a lot of empathy for John McCain, especially during like the 2000 uh, election when he lost the primary. you know I always thought that McCain mm-hmm. was was someone who had what it took to to take on that role, you know but it never it just never panned out. And unfortunately, because of the way that the that the politics have morphed the the John McCain of 2000 was gone by the time the John McCain of 2008 surfaced they were two completely different people mm. and you have to ask yourself why was that was he was he you know just doing what the party told him to do or you know i mean right. not not to get too mm. deep into it but mm-hmm. this is what happens when we don't take into account the sportsmanship of politics.
1: Well, and to piggyback on what you were saying, with these debates, um, they're really nowadays really deteriorating. Absolutely, is what they—I mean, if you looked at the Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton debates um, a couple of years ago, um, they got to a point where they weren't even shaking hands, yeah. and they would ignore each other before they could start, and and it, it just. I mean that in and of itself you you kind of have to take a step back and say all right well these are two human beings that should be should be um, talking about what they would do if they were in the, in the position of being the president of the United States right. um, not saying why the other person shouldn't be right. Um, if you look at, and I mentioned this before in a pr- previous episode, I forget when this was, but Ken Ham, mm-hmm. an an a, a an avid creationist, and I think the the director of, what, what, what
0: he's not an actual ham, right? No, he's not. Okay. Um, Anyone else want a ham sandwich now?
1: Yes, mm. except I don't eat meat. Um. <laughs> uh, no walls, Jerry so, No walls Anyway, um, so Ken Ham and Bill Nye mm-hmm. Had a Well, I think it was like almost a three hour long debate Right On creationism versus um, evolution Not once In recent memory, if I remember correctly Did they lambaste each other as humans? Right They tried to debunk each other's facts, which is a part of a debate, but they didn't, they didn't scold each other. They didn't, didn't, you know, it didn't come to verbal blows. Um, They shook hands. And in the end, they agreed to disagree. And each, each side presented its facts in a salient and cogent way. And... I learned a lot about both sides of that of of you know of the of the spectrum right. that day. I mean I still feel a particular way but the point is that that's what a debate should be. Right. Not you're not attacking the person's character, you're instead questioning their stance.
0: Or you're trying to persuade others as to why your argument is better mm-hmm. without necessarily um, calling the other person a liar or an idiot or anything like that. You know? It's funny that you mentioned the the 2016 presidential debates because I think at some point during that cycle, I remember reading an article about how both uh, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton were at a dinner, with uh Cardinal Timothy Dolan. And prior to the dinner, uh Dolan took the two of them behind the scenes and prayed with them. And they and they basically said, you know, to each other, we need to work together. We need to, you know, we regardless of how this turns out, we need to work together to make this country better. And then after that, it all went downhill. Like mm. like like why even bother if that's not what's really in your heart, right? You know, I'll give you another example because I, I found this actually in the same on the same page as the youth football game story. Just above it, we have this big one going on in New Jersey between Bob Menendez and Bob Hugan. Mm-hmm. Okay, for um, Bob times two, exactly for U.S. Senate. So on one side with Bob Menendez, you've got the allegations of um, the underage prostitution and the corruption and and all that stuff. And on the other side, with Bob Hugan, you've got a guy who was uh, the CEO of a drug company who uh, is basically being accused of saying he raised prices on cancer drugs during his tenure there. So... In this case, basically, they're saying that these guys hate each other so much, they're ready to start a fistfight. That's how bad this has gotten, you know? So, so you have to ask, like, I feel sorry for us New Jerseyans mm-hmm. because we're saying, okay, which, which piece of junk do we want up there,
1: <laughs> you know? Yeah, and it, it's a really great way to disenfranchise voters. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you're saying negative, you're constantly saying negative things about a person, about the other side. You're doing each other a disservice, right? And you're doing the process a disservice, right? Instead, why don't you focus on the positives? Mm-hmm. what you can do to make things better or improve things and what what you'll do to listen to your contingency? Right?
0: <clears throat> I find it I find it weird that we have so many people who are so, I don't want to say brainwashed, but so dedicated to one side of over the other.
1: I think uninformed yeah. or woefully uninformed is a better yeah. word.
0: I believe me. I certainly understand how you can align yourself more often than not with a particular viewpoint and even register as a voter affiliated with one party over another. I believe me. That's that's totally fine, okay? It's more about the idea that we don't have the ability to step back and say, okay, maybe, just maybe, in this particular circumstance of where we are as a country and as a society, we have to consider the other person's viewpoint for a second. And we have to say, wait a second, is this possibly what we need to do in order to advance ourselves? Because isn't that what compromise really is I give and then you give, I, you know. I take and then you take. You know, we 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 have this ability to, you know, kind of merge our cars going from two lanes down to one, where I'll go, then you go, then I'll go, then you go, mm-hmm. and and which so, we
1: have a lot of problems doing in this state. Yes, we
0: do. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, Pennsylvania's no better. Oh. <laughs> but but the idea being that, you know. I'll never forget this. A friend another friend of mine, this was years ago, we were talking about something with the financial responsibility within the state of New Jersey. And I knew this guy to be um you know very much affiliated with with the Republicans. But he said, listen, at certain points fiscally, we have to tighten our belts and we have to we have to, you know, do things like raise taxes in order to um, fix a certain issue that's going to arise. I don't like it. I don't want it to happen. I think that it's not the best thing to do sometimes. But sometimes you got to do it, you know. And and that doesn't mean that you're a traitor to your party. That doesn't mean that
1: you shouldn't you, be. You shouldn't be an agent for your party. Right. Or you shouldn't be. You 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 you, you should. You should be a part of this country. Right. About, about part of our process. Right. You know, it's not loyal to a party or loyal to the country. Right. You know, it's it's almost like false idolization in yeah. a way.
0: Yeah. And, and I mean, for me it's gotten to a point where I have to turn a lot of it off because the satire that we use now becomes so biased. It becomes part of the problem. You know, um, there was a time when the, the political humor that we would see on Saturday Night Live or the Daily Show or anything like that, it didn't matter what party it was. It didn't matter the subject material. They had a way of making it funny, um, very much kind of theater of the absurd. You know, yeah. Now, the whole thing is being mocked, like our system is a joke, and that anyone who aligns themselves with, you know, or or supports or has no problem with the people that are in power, uh, they're the joke, and I, I I take issue with that because. If we're, if we're meant to uh, select candidates who are not perfect, who have faults and shortcomings, it seems irresponsible to me to then constantly mock those faults and shortcomings when we as a country decided that this was the best person for the job, regardless of, of, of those issues. We were able to put those issues aside and say, listen— the, the, the potential for good from this particular person outweighs the negative that follows this person, and that's not necessarily an endorsement. That's not necessarily a you know a, a, a way of saying that someone can do no wrong, and that's not necessarily a way of saying that you know this this uh, any, any particular person in in a political uh, position of power has uh, complete authority. To you know, just kind of decree things as if they were infallible. Right. It's just, it's just, it is what it is.
1: <laughs> and we
0: we have to be able to look beyond it. Like, you know, I, I I'll tell you another thing that I can't stand is when people come up to me like at gigs and will just start automatically bashing people in power as if I'm just gonna automatically agree with them. And I want to be like, um. Sorry, I you know I like like I have to put on a face and just be like oh yeah 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 you know and like like kind of nod because I I don't want uh, people to think less of me as I'm in a professional environment you know I don't mm-hmm. want to I don't want to open up a can of worms while I'm you know I'm just playing a musical gig this has nothing to do with politics right. you know, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it's just it's 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 tough you know because because I don't really feel like having the discussion of saying. Well, listen. I don't necessarily, you know, agree with you, and I don't necessarily agree with the person that you're talking about. I just think that this whole thing is. It, I think it's a shame that we are spending too much time on the negative. You know, I, I've really tried to make it a point, at least in my life, that when politics of any sort begins to turn negative, I go the other direction, because negativity in life is destructive. Just like negativity in sports is destructive. I mean, how many times do we sit here on this podcast and talk about poor sportsmanship and what we're, what's happening to dissuade kids from playing sports or make these sports less enjoyable for our youth or for anybody? And, and this is the same thing that's happening. It's mm. just a different arena. Right. You know?
1: And I feel like more is at stake <laughs> yeah. because this is our country. Right. This is our. This is the welfare. This is not whether you win or lose a game. Right. It's the outcome. It's what how we're going to move together as a society. Right. You know. Um, this might sound unsportsmanlike, but society only moves as slow as as fast as the slowest person. Well, no, I don't think that's unsportsmanlike. I, mean, I think that's the truth. I mean, I don't want. I don't want it to know? sound. Well, the reason is I don't want it to sound. Um, like I'm berating,
0: or like you're a Debbie Downer, right? Yeah.
1: But the the but the point is that a lot of a lot of the reasons why people either refuse to vote or because they're they're voting without making a conscious decision, right, is because they're uninformed mm-hmm. and uneducated and. Much like with sportsmanship, you want to be informed. You want to be educated so that you can say the right things, and hopefully, some the right person will listen. Right, and then make and then as a, as a result, subsequently,
0: I see what you did there.
1: Make a change, and at least and, have, and positively affect an outcome.
0: Right, and also be open enough to another person's opinion, where you don't have to agree with it, but you understand that that person is allowed to have that opinion, mm-hmm. and and. Vice versa, that opinion—the person that with that opinion—is allowed to uh, understands that you may not share in that opinion. You know, which mm-hmm. um, just it, unfortunately it's too it's too cutthroat. You know, um, yeah, it's just it's just it's just such a drag, man. <laughs> I don't know how else to. Yeah, to, well, you know,
1: <laughs> I guess the point is when the day it comes to vote, or if you know if you've at this point already voted in early voting realize why you did it realize what the purpose is of it and if you choose not to vote because you truly believe that neither candidate is falls under the you know falls under your beliefs then that's fine but it needs to be informed right. either way don't just do it out of Spite, spite or yeah. out of out of uh, ignorance, whether right. it's whether
0: it's blissful ignorance or
1: but because realize that you're a part of the process. Right. Um and it's very important to consider it's very important to consider this because it's it's, it's we are determining as a collective our future. Right. And the future of future generations. Right. Um so make a well informed vote. Um, and if you abstain, do so willingly and with the proper education. Right. And information. consciously. Yeah. Right. So <sighs> I think that's a good way to yeah, a good good way to put a bow on
0: and it. And you know why too? Because I had like three other thoughts during the last couple of minutes mm-hmm. and they all left me. Maybe that's God's way of saying, all right, dude, shut up. Okay.
1: Okay. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Maybe. Great contribution, buddy. (laughs) Well, if we hadn't mentioned it, because I know we didn't, uh, please make sure that you stay informed with us and, and, and keep the conversation going. You can always email us at podcast at OSEPfoundation.org. Uh, you can always go to osipfoundation.org and click on the How You Play the Game link. You can submit your sportsmanship stories. We'd love to t- talk about them and possibly have you on the show. Keep the conversation going on social media, facebook.com slash foundation and Twitter is at foundation. hashtag How You Play the Game. Um, so I hope everybody has a fantastic November and I hope that uh, we've at least been able to uh, enlighten you a little bit when it comes to the political spectrum and say it's not about how you align your beliefs who you vote for or anything like that it's about how you respect people who either do or do not agree with you you know it's about the sportsmanship of this process and I hope that it goes beyond sports and into everyday lives that you understand that, you, that when, whether it's politics or not, you have to treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSIP Foundation Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osafoundation.org. If you're interested in advertising on how you play the game, please email us at podcast at